everybody to another episode of in a pickle this is the show that is dedicated to the less glamorous side of baseball i am your host dave houghton and we are here for another episode of iap radio thank you so much for coming back we are i don't even know how many episodes deep we are in this season right now this is season two of iap radio um you know if you haven't spread the love of in a pickle please share it to any of your profile social media accounts it'll be greatly appreciated uh if you like a certain team i'm sure there's a player on there um i've gotten a little bit of feedback um same i'm a little biased because i haven't done anybody on the red sox so I got something coming down the pipeline here. So pretty soon we're going to have a player to be named later that was on the Red Sox. I shouldn't just, uh, I have too, <laughs> I have too many Yankee players on there. So uh, we're going to go, we're going to go Red Sox heavy. So, uh, but today we're going to have a different kind of show. We're not going to go after a, uh, well, I shouldn't say after. We're not going to talk about any kind of certain player. We're going to talk about something weird. This is the wild, weird world of baseball promotions. Now, we've all been to a game where the team or stadium or whatever passes out some sort of uh, promotional souvenir, like a bobblehead, or uh, sometimes they give you like a tote bag or something. I've been to a couple of games where uh, they've uh, given out um it was the david ortiz 500th home run necklace it was a you know ortiz 500 says and uh you know stuff like that is is i you know it's fun it's cool it's cool for the kids uh if you're going with a couple of your buddies just to get a few beers and whatnot um you know you have a good time take a, <laughs> a few pitches here and there but uh um There's been something, uh, recently the Red Sox had cowboy hat night. Uh, it was on June 1st against the Cincinnati Reds. Um, cowboy hat night's a little weird, but, um, as we get into this story, you're going to see that there is sometimes, uh, some bad ideas out there. So, I mean, there's sometimes that teams will do anything to get fans into the stadium. Most teams do simple things like team hat day, like I said, or bobblehead night. But uh, there are some offerings that are a little extreme or just downright stupid. Take, for instance, the Brooklyn Cyclones. They're the minor league Mets affiliate. They had pregnancy night. Uh, Pregnancy night featured things like uh, pregnancy uh, craving food or, or Pregnancy craving food such as pickles, ice cream, and anchovy pizza. Uh, my wife was pregnant a couple of times, and I don't remember her ever wanting anchovy pizza. The pregnant women were allowed onto the field during the seventh inning to sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. They also held a Lamaze class before the game, and for anyone who gave birth that night after the game, they would receive free season tickets a little bit of weird but um you know i i guess if it gets you there right i don't know maybe they had 
maybe they bought too many anchovies and they just wanted to get rid of them. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates minor league team hosted what they called Awful Night. The promo night was aimed to give the customer a terrible experience. This is kind of like uh, if you've ever been to one of those Dick's Last Resort restaurants, which I absolutely hate. And I have to admit, the first time that I ever went into a Dick's restaurant, um, I didn't really quite know that it was a themed restaurant where they act like dickheads. So uh, I got pissed off and left. And then the second time, I uh, absolutely hated it and I never went back. And those restaurants are just stupid anyways. Um, so Awful Night, the first thousand fans received a photo of the GM recently removed gallbladder, which one lucky fan actually <laughs> one lucky fan actually received the gallbladder itself, which I don't I don't think you can give away biohazard material. Um during that game, all the TVs in the stadium were upside down. Uh that uh that is awful. I, that's not a fun experience. I wouldn't want to who the hell gives a gallbladder away? Like that's weird and disgusting. But it's not just minor league teams that try to get fans into the game. In 1995, the Dodgers gave out baseballs before the game. But after manager Tommy Lasorda was ejected, fans began to throw those baseballs onto the field at the umpires. Probably not the smartest idea, but that's okay. So two things happened that night. The Dodgers were forced to forfeit the game, which was the first time in 40 years, and nobody went home with that baseball. Seattle Mariners hosted a free compost night. The team is... Uh, well, the team is, well, <laughs> the team was shit, so here's some shit, too, I guess. I don't know. But out of all the dumb things that teams do, there are two promos that go down as the stupidest idea ever. July 12th, 1979, at Comiskey Park, home of the Chicago, of the Chicago White Sox, it was Disco Demolition Night. It was a doubleheader game versus the Detroit Tigers, and Steve Dahl, a local DJ for 97.9 WLUP, came up with the idea to end disco once and for all. If you brought a disco album to the ballpark and paid 98 cents for the ticket, you were let in. The idea was to place all the disco records in center field and well blow them up the white Sox had hoped for 20,000 people to show up which was about 5,000 more than normal but more than 50,000 fans or people came to the ballpark that night with thousands more trying to get in after the gates had already been closed the event was so big, the Chicago police had to close off the off-ramp on the expressway near the park. Many of the records were not collected by the staff at the gates, and they became flying blades slicing through the air, nearly hitting the players on the field. 
The crowd also threw lighters, empty beer bottles, and even fireworks onto the field during the game. It got so bad that the game had to be stopped several times as it rained trash from the stands. Crowds outside began to light fires and burn their records. Detroit won that first game 4-1, to in case anybody wanted to know. The first game ended at 8-16, and by 8-40, Disco Hate and Steve Dow takes the field dressed in army gear while riding on a Jeep. He drives to the center of the field where the large boxes of disco albums sat. The crowd kept chanting, Disco sucks, over and over again, as they stormed the field to gather next to the box or boxes of records that were about to be blown up. So, so far, I mean, everybody sees the problem here, right? First off, if you're a baseball nut, letting people on sacred ground like a baseball field is uh, is a little tough to deal with. And then second of all, having a large pile of trash, essentially, in the middle of the field to blow up um okay if you're gonna blow up stuff in the middle of the field let's not have people crowd around it fans began to seem that the event was becoming a little unsafe and tried to leave the park but they had a hard time doing so because there was only one exit as the others had to be chained and padlocked in an attempt to stop people from coming in. If anybody has ever read the Coconut Grove book about the Coconut Grove fire in Boston, this is because of that fire. This is why we have all these new or all these laws of having exit doors never chained or plenty of places, plenty of ways to get out of the the environment that you're trying to get out of so uh you're gonna blow something up and then padlock a bunch of exit doors uh it's not gonna go well steve set off the explosives destroying the records and leaving a giant hole in the middle of center field over seven thousand people had rushed onto the field some fans even climbed the foul poles Others set smaller fires on the field, while other fans started to rip up the grass on the field. Batting cages were destroyed, and also all the bases were pulled up and stolen. Fun fact, Michael Clark Duncan, if you remember him from Armageddon, was at that game that night, and he took the field. He actually came home with a baseball bat that he took out of one of the dugouts. Chicago PD entered the park dressed in full riot gear at 9 p.m. Those on the field started to run. 39 people were arrested, and the White Sox had to forfeit game two due to poor field conditions. Yeah, there was a giant crater in the middle of center field. But there's one promo that actually takes the prize of stupidest idea ever. And... If you think Disco Demolition Night was stupid, wait till you hear this story. Ten Cent Beer Night was held by the Cleveland Indians on June 4th, 1974, versus the Texas Rangers. The idea was to... Hold on. 
Imagine having 10 cent beer night now. I mean, adjusted for inflation. If you're paying $12 for a beer at Fenway Park, say $5 beer night at, at Fenway Park. Holy. I mean, that stadium would all have a combined DUI of death. So the idea was to get more people into the game by offering 12 ounce beers for 10 cents. Back then, in 74, the normal price for a beer was 65 cents. Jesus Christ. It's $11 now. This isn't the first time Cleveland had beer night. In 1971, they held Nickel Beer Day without a single incident. The problem with this game might have started a week before when both teams were actually involved in a bench-clearing brawl in Texas. That, actually, that left some Indians fans harboring a grudge. Ten-cent beer night drew over 25,000 fans to the park, twice the amount that they had actually hoped for. The Rangers took a quick 5-1 lead as the crowd grew drunker and drunker and began to become very unruly. A woman ran onto the field and flashed the outfielders while minutes later, a completely naked man ran onto the field and slid into second base. Then one inning later, a father and son ran onto the field and started to moon the bleachers. Huh. I wonder what that family's like. As the game went on, more and more fans ran onto the field. And that obviously caused the problem. Rangers first baseman Mike Hargrove was pelted with a hot dog and at one point was almost hit in the head by a bottle of Mad Dog 2020. I wonder what color it was. Mad Dog 2020. I'm pretty sure we used to drink the blue one back in the day. And we also used to do uh, Boone's Farm, if anybody ever had Boone's Farm. Um, yeah, when we were younger, we drank some pretty disgusting stuff. And then when as we got a little older... And uh, closer to uh, legal age of consumption, we went on to King Cobra 40s. And if uh, you've ever had King Cobra, it is um, the way they make King Cobra is when they put all the beer in, you know, the the big, just say a, a big barrel. And they say, oh, that's the stuff from the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, King Cobra is the stuff that spilled and ran under the barrel and they just kind of scooped it up and put it in a bottle and uh you know that's a good way to get sick so after the mad dog bottle was thrown this is when the riots started to happen after the indians tied up the game a 19 year old man ran onto the field and tried to steal the hat of texas ranger players jeff burrows as burrows was trying to get away he tripped and fell to the ground Texas Rangers manager Billy Martin, thinking that Burroughs was actually attacked, ran onto the field with his team behind him, carrying baseball bats to defend themselves. At this point, over 200 piss-drunk fans ran onto the field, some with knives and others with clubs fashioned out of, out of the stadium seats, while other fans who stayed in their seats threw beer bottles and trash at the players on the field. 
realizing that the Rangers might actually be in trouble, Cleveland manager Ken Aspermoto ordered his players to grab bats and help the Rangers. The crowd at this point began to throw folding chairs onto the field and at the players, hitting a Indians relief pitcher in the head. Mike Hargrove had to fist fight three different people in his attempt to get back to the locker room. Both teams fled into their respective clubhouses, locking the door behind them. The crowd pulled up and stole all the bases and anything else they could find. Umpires realized that order would not be restored and the Indians were forced to forfeit the game. The riot on the field went on for about 20 more minutes until police finally arrived to restore order. Nine people were arrested and over 65 to 80 people were injured. That didn't stop Cleveland, though, because the next 10-cent beer night was held on July 18th with over 41,000 people showing up. But this time, there was only a two-beer limit per person. What kind of promotion? Like, I, I don't know, 10-cent beer night? I I mean, we're talking about, um, we said that ingested for inflation, you know, or, or uh, the normal prices for beer at Cleveland Stadium back then in 1974 was 65 cents. Uh, 10 cent beer night. I mean, that's in, that's insane. I don't know what's worse. Let me know in the comments what you think is worse. Disco demolition, you know, blowing things up in front of a, a giant crowd of people or 10 cent beer night in Cleveland. Because honestly, they're both absolutely ridiculous. Um, also, let me know whatever, what kind of games that you've been to where you got some kind of silly promotion. Uh, I'm trying to look at all my my collection behind me. I got a, I got a lot of bobbleheads. I've been to Star Wars night. Um, I once got a uh, Craig Kimbrell Chia pet, which was weird. Um, that might be the weirdest thing I got. I don't know. But let me know in the comments what the weirdest thing you ever got at a promotion night was. And uh, please let me know what was weirder or, or what was crazier. Demolition night, disco demolition night, or 10-cent beer night held in Cleveland. So uh, a quick show today, and that that's it. Uh, I didn't want to get too crazy into promotions uh, because, you know, you can go on and on and on. So, uh so go over to iapradio.com, follow that link to all of the social media accounts on there. Uh, click on the podcast link and listen to past episodes, uh, even last last season's episodes. we got uh, Lyman Bostock, Steve Howe, the Mark Shot Show, which is great. Um, all those shows. We got uh, this season, we've, got, we've gone through uh, Ken Clay. Uh, Bernie Madoff with the Mets, Danny Tarnable, all a bunch of stuff. Uh, we got some show, and I'm telling you, I'm going to have a Red Sox show soon. I just don't want the Yankees fans to think that I'm just, you know, going after them. So uh, we will. We'll have a couple of we'll have a couple of good laughs on uh, the extent of the Red Sox. So. All right, so that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Go over to iapradio.com. Follow all of my social media accounts. We're on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, 
Twitter, anywhere that you see IEP Radio. Follow, like, subscribe, do what you got to do to support this show. Also, if you go on Twitter, there's a little link on top there where you can donate to my Venmo. That would be great. Be a sponsor of the show. Uh, you donate any kind of funds. I will. Uh, I will. I will message you, and I will send you a special gift package. I got some baseball cards, uh, unopened packs of baseball cards. I can give you some. Uh, tell me your favorite show so far, and I will send you over one of the cards from that player and uh, stickers. I got plenty of stickers. Donations are appreciated. Thank you so much. All right, and we will see you next time on IEPRadio.com. Thank you again for listening. Goodbye.